real hard. <laughs> going to change our world. Welcome to another episode of Jackman Radio, episode 21. Not that we're keeping count or anything. I'm your host, Mike Jackman, joining you on a sweltering September Indian summer day from the base of Mount Monadnock with Aaron LaFond and my brother, Eric. And uh, my first line of the night. Oh, God. Hold on, here we go. First poll. Oh, how is it? Before we even begin, I guess we should tell the listeners that tonight's <sighs> podcast is sponsored by Paps Blue Ribbon. PBR, the working man's beer. Established in Milwaukee in 1844. It did win a ribbon, didn't it? Some kind of ribbon. I spent my <clears throat> last uh, $5.48 US yeah. on the six-pack of 16-ounce Slammers. Because payday... It's not for another two days. Two days, so it's kind of a desperation move. We had to do it. What's going on, Aaron? Yo. Get my mic in front of me there. Yeah, get that up in your face. <clears throat> Put it in your face. Never get your it. face in there! Yeah, spit on it and get it wet. Mm. Yeah. Not so much. So a lot of stuff going on out in this uh, globe, this spinning rock. <clears throat> a lot of stories that disturb me this week. I want to kick right off with... Uh, Perhaps the most disturbing, next to Kim Davis, of course. Uh, the obviously the very well-known concentration camp or camps, oh, or dude. cluster of camps known as Auschwitz, from 1940 to 1945, over a million people were killed there during the Holocaust, including you know obviously Jewish people, Polish people, homosexuals, gypsies, gypsies uh, all kinds of people. Apparently. This is, you know, I don't know, this is really fucked up. A nice cool spray of water might be more than welcome to tourists trekking through a vacation theme park on a hot summer day. But some visitors to the Auschwitz concentration camp in Portland were shocked and outraged to find mist showers greeting them near the entrance to the infamous death camp. Oh. I mean, come on. Are, are these guys for real? Whew. Oversight. Who made the decision to do this? Yes, yeah, so, yeah. I mean, this had to go through meetings, right? I mean, they, they someone dude, they installed they, the appropriations. In someone had to pitch this idea. There had to be money for it, right? They had to spend money on it. Why not just give out like bottled water? You know? Yeah, or have know. like a thing outside that has a fan and it's like a really nice thing that's dressed up as like a something nice. You know? They might as well just hand it out, you know, canisters of Zyklone Bay. Oh. You know, Jesus. God. So. 
Holocaust survivor Rosalind Haber of Boca Raton is one of the many who disapprove. I don't think no, they should have... She's one of the whiners. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think they should have those sprinklers, she said. I went on the March of the Living six years ago, and you go to visit Auschwitz to experience the horrors of what happened there. I personally don't approve of having sprinklers at Auschwitz. Oh, I don't blame her. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking ridiculous. Oh, the Wi-Fi here at, here at Auschwitz is just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> These sprinklers are interfering, but yeah, I am kind of hot. You just shouldn't be comfortable at all. Like, you yeah. know. No, there's yeah. no comfort. Yeah, it's bad. So, caretakers at Auschwitz defend the decision to set up the makeshift showers by calling it, quote, a safety measure for visitors visiting the museum in the, in the high summer temperatures and to make them comfortable. I mean, and then this is a great point, another survivor. Um, however, the justification doesn't sit well with 86-year-old Norman Frajman of Boynton Beach, a survivor of five Nazi concentration camps. He believes the whole point of the Auschwitz Death Camp Museum is not to make visitors comfortable, but to let them try to experience something of what the victims suffered. Yeah, you're not going there to like... You're take not going to water country. Yeah, this isn't fucking Disney <laughs> or even a Banksy installation, you know? <laughs> this is like the darkest humanity has to offer and the darkest thing... One of the darkest things to ever come out of Germany. Yeah. And uh, it's just pretty outrageous that, that they is. did that. You and, know, like, you, but you, you got to think, though, if you... If, like, your job is at Auschwitz, like, if you're one of the people to, like, maintain... You know, you're like the... You probably just get used to it like you do yeah. any other job. What would your title and, be on LinkedIn? You know, shower taker yeah, at Auschwitz. Yeah, yeah, it's just... You know, your LinkedIn profile. Where do you work? Uh, Auschwitz. <laughs> so, I think I don't know what they did to rectify that, but uh, you know, I mean, I doubt it was on. It wasn't like fucking. They weren't being assholes about no, it. No, I don't think know? it was it's facetious. Like, I don't think but it was malicious. There's no reason to get been... pissed at the Auschwitz people. It's just you know, they. Yeah, they're <laughs> they a nonprofit. They're doing the best they can. Yeah, they were. Someone dropped the ball on that one, and yeah, you know, that's it. God. End of story, I guess. Yeah, we love Jewish people, though. We should just say that, too. Oh. Because and Polish people. <laughs> yeah, we love all people. And gypsies. Jewish lives matter. And everyone who was killed at Auschwitz. So, yeah. Um, I've never been to Europe, but certainly if I ever get over there, we'll... I went to Dachau, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Is that uh, in... Uh, yeah, it's a Pol fucking bummer. Is that in Germany yeah, or Poland? Yeah, it's in Germany. Germany? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse um, me. Yeah, bad yeah, that, vibes, bad That shit vibes. ended only 70 years ago. That's what mm, people don't yeah, understand. Yeah. <clears throat> Wasn't that long ago, so wounds still very fresh from it. So. Yeah, and then uh, Kim Davis. Holy shit, man. Yeah, that's Bring real. Who's home on that, dude? Yeah, man. You know, I'm sure everyone's heard of it or seen the pictures of this lady. She looks like Kathy Bates from Misery, kind of. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen her, but she was this clerk from Kentucky who went into jail last week uh, for refusing to grant marriage licenses to uh, same-sex couples. She just got released from prison yesterday, and she had a nice big rally with Mike Huckabee and her lawyer and, you know, hundreds of evangelical people holding up crosses. It looked like an end of... Whack jobs. It looked like an end of days kind of thing going on. So... Uh, she was a clerk in Rowan County, Kentucky, and she was incarcerated last Thursday for refusing to comply with several court orders to issue marriage licenses to gay couples following the Supreme Court's landmark ruling in June on the basis of her religious conviction. Oh, yeah. Now, everyone like Ted Cruz and Mike Huckabee and her lawyer and all these people out there are saying she's, she's being denied her religious freedom, she's the first Christian to be locked up. Well, what about her using her religion to deny people their, their right, their God-given right, to get married? Well, how, how hypocritical and ridiculous law, is that? Law of the land, close case, man. These people need to give it up. You know, so this is this is what Mike Huckabee had to say about it. The former governor of Arkansas and uh, the bloated uh, perennial presidential P candidate. P-brain slob. 
God showed up in the form of the elected official, Kim Davis. I want time out for a sec. If God's going to show up on Earth, he's going to show up looking like that. <laughs> no, he's going to show up looking like friggin' Tiger Woods' Kim Basinger. Yeah, or one of Tiger Woods' mistresses. Yeah, not Kim, not Kim Davis. Maybe Gina Davis. Today, I was proud to stand with Kim Davis as she was released from jail. Kim Davis should never have been locked up for being a Christian and for following her conscience in the law. Now, I agree with that. No one should ever be locked up for any kind of religious beliefs, but she wasn't doing her job, and she was denying other people their freedom and, you know, uh, whatever their beliefs were on marriage or whatever they were doing. And I think the presidential candidate who gave, on the Republican side, the best treatise on this was Chris Christie. He said, people have a right to practice their religion. Um, he said this on Tuesday morning. Now, I've said what I, I would do with this woman is to move her to another job where there's not an objection for her because you have to follow the law. And the law has to be, these licenses have to be issued. Exactly. So he didn't try to throw in some bullshit, some you know, right-wing red meat nonsense and pander to, yeah, to a, a crowd, a niche Christy, crowd. Christie's an intelligent guy. So, A lot more so than your Cruises and Huckabees of the world. Yeah, I agree with him. You know? Ted Cruz called the, the, the uh, Davis jailing a, quote, outrage. And I love that like, she's the arbitrator on the sanctity of marriage. And she's, been, this is, she's on her fourth marriage. <laughs> This pig, she's on her fourth marriage. She's been married. She got married uh, to a guy named Dwayne Wallace in 84. That lasted 10 years. Is he a NASCAR driver? And then, yeah, then Joe Davis, 96 to 04. Then Thomas Dale McIntyre Jr. That lasted for all about a year. And now she's currently married again to Joe Davis for a second term. I just want to give God the glory. His people have rallied and you are strong. You got to keep on pressing. God. Did you see the footage? Yeah. With Eye of the Tiger blaring over the loudspeakers. Dude. Like it was a scene from fucking Rocky. <laughs> it was bad. And then the the, uh, the guy from the band Survivor issued a statement He's saying, outraged. Cease and fucking desist. <laughs> Do not use my one-hit wonder. Okay, which is still very valuable, by the way. Trump would say, this this song is huge, incredibly valuable. Yeah, he didn't see, want the song being tarnished. To see these brands taking it and using it for gain is quite frankly disgusting. Use it for a Nike commercial where disenfranchised little kids in Africa have to make them or China. That's one thing. Oh. But don't use it for this. God. Yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. Now, some other good stuff too. I wanted to say. Uh... Well, the, some a lot. Uh, there were some gay couples um, who actually were able to marry over the weekend in her county. Yeah. Well, this Re this is good. I mean, uh, this is what she said on her refusal to uh, marry the gay pe or giving the gay people the licenses. I never imagined a day like this would come where I would be asked to violate a central teaching of Scripture and of Jesus Himself regarding marriage. You know, said the woman married four times. To issue a marriage license which conflicts with God's definition of marriage, with my name affixed to the certificate, would violate my conscience. God, it's not a light issue for me. It is a heaven or hell decision. Mike, it's heaven or hell. She's got five deputies, too. One of them is her son, uh, Noah, or no, okay. Nathan, who also followed in his mother's footsteps and refused to give any license. And this is good. Feminists will like this. For me, it is a decision of obedience. Obedience to Jesus. Wow. The big man. I have no animosity towards anyone and harbor no ill will. To me, this has never been a gay or lesbian issue. It's about marriage and God's word. What if we told her Jesus was black? Yeah. Or dark skinned? Is that is that the you know the Jesus that she believes in? I don't know. That's oh, ridiculous. What That's just think, been Aaron? dominating the news cycle this week. It's just weird how no one like I don't know. It's it's like separation of church and state is just kind of ignored yeah. like, these days. And no really, one really uh, brings it up. Not in Kentucky. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying like when when there is no separation of church and state, like you don't people don't really bring it up, you know, like it's not right. It's just kind of one of those 
Like, it's just you rhetoric just, You just now. go with it. Well, it's yeah. like when you go to a political event and they go, okay, let us pray, you know, or let us do this. Yeah, and no, one, no one, you know, objects to it. They just go along with it. Yeah. So she's going to continue to fight this thing. She might actually, I think, go back to jail if uh, she keeps it up. But, you know, I say either fire her ass for not doing her job or move her to another department, you know. She has no right to, to use her no. belief system or whatever it is that she's got going on to, to suppress other people from doing what's lawfully, um, you know, entitled to them. You know, it's ridiculous. It's, 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 this uh, thing is settled. It's law of the land. The Supreme Court ruled on it. It's over. Gay marriage is a, is a federally protect, protected right for American citizens, for the people. Get over it. You know, move on. Yeah, what did Joe Rogan say about it, Eric? Joe Rogan said that if you're a guy who is just so hung up on gay marriage, you're either A, really fucking stupid, or B, secretly think that you'll love the taste of cocks. Which, I, you know, could be, could be the case. I think he's right about that. I think he's right about it. God, move on. There's so we're fucking seventeen trillion dollars in debt. Yeah, worrying about freaking gay people getting married. Who gives a shit? They're gonna get divorced anyways. You know, the the divorce rates going up in the gay community. I was yeah, recently, yeah, that's another so. thing. Yeah, right. Because you got now this whole demographic of people who couldn't marry before who are marrying. You know, and gay gay people. You know, just they're, human beings. They're realizing that it sucks. Yeah, they're realizing <laughs> marriage is a shit ass contract. There probably weren't a lot of numbers about that though. There probably weren't a lot of statistics to no, begin with not, about that. Not in the south, but but, yeah. but you are seeing though. I mean, probably some states that legalized gay marriage. You know, like Massachusetts yeah. did. Well before the... Uh, Just after the Salem witch trials, right? Or something like that? <laughs> yeah. No, gay marriage has been on the books in mass for probably 10 years. Maybe, I think it was 05. Something like that. But So you're seeing some data, Aaron, from some states where it was legalized. And, you know, obviously some gay couples decide to split. Yeah. I know we've, we've touched on the, the, the new pope, the recent pope, but he's been taking a lot of uh, flack from the real conservative sects of the Catholic Church um, about his stance on accepting... You know, homosexuality, accepting atheists, and basically just accepting other people who aren't, um, you know, creepy virgin old priests. Right. You know, who are married to a uh, bankrupt belief system from centuries ago. Right. So he's. Yeah. he's I uh, still hate the guy. Oh no! I'm. He's I'm got not, the. He's please. got the same. Who, who, I, it's a good rebranding campaign. He's got the same like uh, you know PR campaign that Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber's like, like they're turning him around. He's like likable now. <sighs> yeah, they kind of grew his hair a little bit. the same thing, dude. dude. Exactly. It's the same thing. I'm saying that too, Aaron. I'm not buying this charm nah, offensive. Dude, I don't, you're I don't looking. Buy it. You are looking at you know decades and decades in modern times, and, and you know the, the abuses and molestation and terror of children and terror goes back hundreds of years with the Catholic Church. But from what we know in modern times, you know, you got cases going back to the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, and you have an institution that covered up all this shit and moved these monsters from one parish or whatever they're called to the next or one. one diocese. Diocese or whatever they're called. You know, fucking nest for raping children. You know? Mm. And, um... They gotta, yeah. It's it's a rebranding, dude. Oh, he's saying nice things about atheists. Wow, that makes me feel so fucking good. Some asshole who <laughs> wears what was a the deal with, robe. The, with the other guy? Well, he, he was like the first pope to resign, and after what, like oh, in like three hundred oh, years? Like, what's the, that about? Benedict the Hitler Youth was that the some, first Nazi pope? Hmm. Yeah, dude, because yeah. he he was tied into some of this shit, man. And there were there was yeah. So they just knew like our image is so fucking terrible right now. Right. Well, we yeah. Need to like first of all, yeah. Our our pope is a is a Hitler Youth. I, I would be concerned if someone who was a Nazi saying that our new yeah. our new leader of the yeah. Nazi party used to be a pope. Yeah. You know, I'd be really concerned about that. They'd be wondering about the ranks of their leadership. <laughs> but I'm right there with you, Aaron. I don't buy it. It's just, 
wow, he's saying nice things. He's talking about the poor. It, it, maybe it, don't don't condemn women for having abortions. Yeah. Give me give me a break. Because all man. people see is a headline. You yeah, know, you just read exactly. the headline I mean, on your Facebook feed, and then you, oh, the Pope's a good guy. Mike no, Oswald, no, sorry, yeah. guy. Okay, I was thinking of converting to Catholicism. <laughs> Earlier this year, I flirted with Scientology, as you guys know. Then we flirted with uh, Mormonism, Mormonism, and, the rings, and, the and cock um, rings. Uh, Jehovah's Witness, which we flirted with. I was just flirting with Catholicism for a brief second. You guys pulled me back from the ledge, so good. Thank you. I know we're drinking PBR tonight, and that's not the best beer out there, but I got to just take a sec and uh, just say how much I hate not your father's root beer. That stuff sucks. Have you guys ever you had that? I've never had it. I'm a man, that stuff's guy. garbage, yeah. man. Okay, I had two of them recently, and I had a headache by the time I was halfway done with the first one. Found himself drinking one, Oswald. Mm. Oh, it was free. It was offered to me, and I, mm. pre- I appreciate it. Thank you. But, um, whew, stuff's garbage. It's like sugar and... And beer, like just an ass more than yeah, it's like just, all mixed together in a. Oh, it's alcoholic root beer. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's gross. Because it's not your father's well, root beer. It has no drinkability. I mean, you could. I'd rather have you know ten fucking warm PBRs left over from a uh, crack house in Mexico, <laughs> you know, than drink that stuff. So I just I, I had to say that I had to get it off my chest. Everyone was was running their suck about it all summer about how good it was and it was different and it was all it was again that was another good marketing PR campaign. <laughs> Maybe they drink that shit at the Vatican. I don't know. Yeah. But the stuff sucks. Okay. That I said I had to get it out. <laughs> and uh, great. I don't know if you know anything about this guy, Aaron. Uh, McAfee virus, the dude who McAfee got, is it McAfee? Oh, I hate him already. John, <laughs> I hate those veteran tech, <laughs> Maverick tech veteran John McAfee is confirmed he's running for president. <laughs> McAfee, who founded an antivirus company of the same name, filed the candidacy who statement. Who he on has a chance? Everyone hates well, that. This is guy. what's genius about well, him. No, this some, yeah, yeah, this guy's murdered. I think you would like. Do you know anything about him, Aaron? No, but just like. You know, there's like this the Java guy, the JavaScript guy, right? Like everyone, you see that window pop up on your computer, you just hate it. Oh, so, so good. So just the fact that he's attached to that. They even asked just, him a few years ago if he ever uses his own but, software, Aaron, and he said, this, no, it's this annoying. This next sentence, Aaron, is going to make you All fucking right. probably vote yeah. for him. The U.S. entrepreneur, 69, attracted international attention when he went on the run in 2012 following the murder of his neighbor in Belize. That's pretty cool. Okay. So he, right. he was like hiding out, living in some kind of obscure island in Belize, and his his neighbor ended up dead. Yeah. He probably killed him. Dude, he went on the lamb. Is the He's, new Robert Durst? <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. It's yeah. kind of in this vein. Yeah. So we could maybe get behind this guy. He launched a campaign website, and we'll share more details about his candidacy labor later. I live in a country that has passed so many laws that at an average reading speed would take me 600 years to read. While reading 24 hours a day, he told the BBC. I am protected by a government that invades my privacy so that it can assure me that I'm not the enemy it's protecting me from. I live in a country that is governed by largely illiterate people in cybersecurity, as proven by the multiple government computer hacks. Yet, cyber warfare is now the means of war. My government is dysfunctional. For the 300 million other Americans, you are in the same boat with me. So, a little bit of his background... He founded the anti-malware company in 87, PBR. He uh, resigned in 94. Intel later... Oh, Intel bought it. Okay. Yeah. So this is where he gets his bucks from. They scrubbed his name from it, which he's actually happy about. Yeah, it said Intel bought the company in which... Is it McAfee? Yeah, McAfee. McAfee no longer held shares for more than $7.6 billion. However, in his private life, including much publicized battles with drink and drugs, okay, I like that, that's attracted more attention. 
He went on the run in Belize after the murder of his neighbor, Gregory Fall, an Orlando sports bar owner. Oh, spoiler. They definitely had a spat at yeah, the sports bar. Yeah, about the yeah, fucking yeah. Orioles or something. Yeah, no, yeah. man, the Orioles. And <laughs> yeah. he was, draft day. He, he was never declared a suspect, Mike, but said he feared he would be silenced if he was caught and thrown in jail. Good God. He eventually crossed the border into Guatemala, where he was arrested and then deported back to the U.S. At the time, Dean Barrow, Belize's prime minister, told... Uh, told reporters that Mr. McAfee had only been classed a person of interest. I don't want to be unkind to the gentleman, but I believe he is extremely paranoid, even bonkers, the politician added. Uh, McAfee's campaign manager confirmed his party would be known as the Cyber Party. That's pretty cool. Is he picking Snowden as his running mate or the people who did the, the leak? Oh. The DPRK movie there. So that's what it says. The interview. About so that's just so, an unsolved murder. Right. So that the murders down in Belize in this island has never been solved, huh. and he's the prime suspect. He, I mean, a gu- guilty, yeah, he, guilty he, people run. He cracked that guy on the head. Dude, he did some shit. Gave him a virus. Put yeah. malware in his drink. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but like, so this, why do you like America? Like, I, you, you like, like the Richard Bramson kind of more unhinged. He, than, he's the fucking Keith Richards, Richard Bramson. You know. He's he's the unhinged uh, rebel millionaire. I only think his net worth now has been reduced to one hundred million. It's only a hundred million, yeah. So yeah. for Trump, so, it's like peanuts. Yeah, but still, man, he's mixing things up. He's sixty nine. He's getting out there. He's got nothing to prove, and he's got the cyber party going. So keep your eyes on this guy. The cyber party. What? What's their platform? Just it, like no clue. You know. Well, it sounds Silk like highway Bitcoin. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like from that it would be about bringing. In, in which I, I can understand what he's saying here, and it's it's nice that he mentioned it. Cybersecurity. This is how wars are fought now. I mean, think about it. China, Russia, Russia. Mexico, Sony, Ashley Madison, Hillary, all, Hillary Clinton, Hillary Clinton's emails. It's all cyber warfare, and, and that's the truth. It's all in the cloud, and the cloud's a fucking storm cloud. Yeah. It's raining. And he said, "No one get an iPhone because they can fuck with you with your iPhone. They can record you. They can steal all your data. You know." It, He's paranoid. He's paranoid. But, but not he, for good reason, though. I mean, he's well, probably not good wrong. Reason. When it comes to that, he's probably not wrong. Yeah. Mm. I mean, let's be honest. Wasn't it shown most most of the Apple well, shit? Dude, or... we, we, all started, we all finally got to see Katniss Everdeen naked. Okay? Right. Because of... I don't believe in God, but God blessed the fappening. When, those, when that happened... Greatest document dump of all time. That's, that's why we don't deserve any privacy, too, is because we're all so nosy when it comes to well, everyone else. <laughs> not only so nosy, Aaron, but so willing to give it up. Yeah, yeah. Right? We, we fucking deserve we it. We share everything on fucking Twitter and Assbook. So who are we giving you the know? shout out to tonight who posted in on the uh, Twitter yeah, and no, the Facebook? So, yeah, on Facebook, I got some uh, love. Well, I'm going to say happy birthday to my sister, Laura. Yeah. She's 26 today. Hey, Laura, happy birthday. We love you. Happy birthday, Laura. Don't drink too much. Yeah. Drink, drink, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. what, coming from us? Yeah, yeah we're freaking, we're drinking PBR right now. And uh, Sartorio, Mr. Santorio. Oh, God. So, hey, okay, Mike. Oh, it's his birthday? No, he just, oh. he gave a shout on oh, the okay. on Yeah, Facebook to give him some feed. love. He, he's our, he's kind of our uh, trending czar for Jackman Radio. Yeah, when we're out some, in the field. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, Santorio is, uh, he's very important. Yeah, he's an he, asset. He's very important in my life overall. I know. He's just someone that I love. There was Fucking a, love that guy, man. There was a report that he was going to break up with us, but it wasn't yeah, true. Yeah, that's an unfounded report. Yeah, so, yeah, Santorio. And, uh, and then uh, our cousin, cousin, yeah, funny man Bob, Bob Phillips, would love to come and have a, uh, you know, PBR with us. I said, get on the uh, the Tony Stark jet and fly out here. We have an airport here in Jaffrey. Yeah, Silver Ranch, baby. So if, if you're listening there, cousin, do it. I dare you. We'd love to have you come on the podcast, or we'll fly out there. 
Yeah. Isn't there supposedly like a Colton reunion that's going to happen in Michigan? I hope so. Something like that. The last one was in Toronto, and then I think the next one that was, was fun. That was a, we met cousins that we just never met before. Yeah, we fortunately didn't know about Rob Ford yet. No. You knew we were related to these people because the very first sentence is said, oh, what, what are you drinking? Mm. What do you want to drink? Do, do you want a cold beer? Uh, yes. And hello to Poopsie. Yeah, and Poopsie. And Ashwan, too, uh, getting better. Ashwan, yeah. Ashwan's good. recovering from his crash, so that's good. Our, our buddy got in a car accident, but he's okay. And I, and, uh, I want to say hi to Joe Time. Joe Time, and we got to give some love, too. He, uh, another buddy who was hit by a drunk driver down in Connecticut, uh, we hope you're resting well and, and healing and get better soon. And we'll 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 post the link to your um. There's a thing to raise money oh, to yeah. help for his medical bills, medical which bills. I will be giving to soon. When as soon as I get some yep some uh, well, money in my coffers, we can get John McAfee to to pony he, up. He can throw him some money. He can throw some money up. Some of that Belize, you know, murder money. Yeah. So before we cover any more news, we want to do a quick movie review. We uh, Eric and I watched a one of Arnold Schwarzenegger's recent releases, which was a small movie. Um, I think on like a seven to ten million dollar budget, which is small for Arnold. That's usually what it costs for squibs and blood packets in his movies. Uh, it was an indie film called Maggie, which was a dramatic uh, apocalyptic zombie movie. Have you seen that one, Aaron? No, he he came into O and A to promote it, so I heard him talk about it. But that's it. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic movie. Abigail Blessing plays my daughter. She gets infected, and do I bring her to the quarantine? Do I snuff it out myself? Yeah, I can't. She's becoming it. a zombie. Here, my daughter's a zombie. Here. But the thing that I enjoyed about this movie was Arnold really displayed some acting chops, in my opinion. And uh, oh, don't roll your eyes. I mean, yeah, but how much can he still just Arnold Schwarzenegger? Okay, he is, and there wasn't a ton of range. Like I could not get past it. Like, no matter, I don't, you know, I haven't seen it, but I'm telling you, I could not watch a movie with him in it and, and like, Where not, his daughter's like and turning just into... not be able to get over the fact that it's That's just Commando. Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, right. I thought he did a good job, and it was it was one of his, uh, uh, the other genre, <laughs> the other genre film that he made uh, was End of Days, which I think is an underrated gem. Oh, from absolutely. Arnold. Whoa, is with the hardware? Is he with the hardware? I mean, that's the only movie that I can remember where Arnold as a human being dies. Wow. Spoiler alert. Six, 16-year-old spoiler alert. But I enjoyed Maggie. Uh, I thought it was, it was a very bleak movie. It's pretty um, good. Kind of dark and depressing, but I thought there were good performances from Arnold and from uh, Abigail Breslin, who played the uh, um, title character. She's still hot as a zombie. I totally would. Yeah, and she's Even eight, in full zombie mode. She's 18, so you, you can... No, she's of age. You can totally... Oh, you it's looked cool. into it? It's cool. Totally, so... Yeah. Another flick we watched just last night we hadn't seen before was The Commitments. Oh, which was a great movie. Yeah, directed by Alan Parker, who did Angel Heart, and uh, he directed his last film. He directed was Life of David Gale, with Kevin Spacey, which was okay. Had a cold commentary on the death penalty, uh, but the commitments came out in 1991, and it was kind of a joint film between an Irish and an English company. And I, I was, I've never seen it before. Yeah, great movie. Kind of knew about it because it looked into Glenn Hansard a little bit, who had the. Won the Oscar with uh, close uh, once, once, once. Yeah. Fall, yeah. Falling slowly was right. the song from once. And Glenn Hansard um, was a busker in this Grafton Street and the streets of Dublin, and um, ended up getting big. Yeah, he had a role in the movie The Commitments there, and and the great thing about this too, it's a little backstory on this. It's a uh, it's a group of um, you know local musicians in Dublin who start a soul band, and everyone who was in the band in the movie were actually musicians. And they weren't really like 
trained actors. Right. So I thought they, you know, they did a great job and the music was great. And a lot of them went on to have uh, pretty successful careers, including Glenn Hansard. So if you haven't seen that, check it out. Great Irish movie, too. Oh, good. Irish pride. Funny, lots of heart. I love the backdrop. It's just kind of a bleak, uh, you know. Depressed Dublin. It's kind of there subtly about everyone being on the dole. Work, you know, you work in a fucking fish factory where you scrape fish out or chickens and freeze them and put them in bags. Yeah, references to, to uh, you know, Morrissey, Van Morrison, Bono. Right. You know, uh, Irish, English musicians. Little so. uh, Pickett, Wilson Pickett. Wilson Pickett. Yeah, really, yeah. really good stuff. So good, if you guys movie. haven't seen that one, check that one out. And we'll be right back with more Jackman Radio. Don't go anywhere. Can you name the truck with four-wheel drive? Smells like a steak and seats 35. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Well, it goes real slow with a hammer down. It's the country pride truck endorsed by a clown. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Can you narrow? 12 yards long, two lanes wide, 65 tons of American pride. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? Top of the line in utility sports. Unexplained fires are a matter of report. Can you narrow? Can you narrow? She blinds everybody with a super high beam. She's a squirrel, squasher, deer, smack a driving machine. Can you narrow? Of course, if uh, you want to know where to find Jackman Radio, you can follow us on Twitter at Jackman Radio. We're on Facebook, Oswald, aren't we? Uh, yeah. Like Jackman us. Radio. Like yeah, us, like please. Us. Pass us around. I need to be liked. I have this strong burning desire for tacit approval from everybody. Everybody loves me. Everybody knows me. Everybody who knows me loves me. You know, my, and everybody who loves me knows me. So they had a big um, anti-Iran deal down at the Capitol today. Like a Cru- protest? Cruz was there. Wasn't Trump there too? Trump was there. Um, Freaking Sarah Palin was there. Mm. That fucking Einstein. Um, you know, all those people who don't support the deal. Uh, which is basically every Republican candidate for president. Right? I can't think of one who supports it. Yeah, was there even one who said like nice things about it? God, <laughs> yeah. If you say one nice thing about Obama, you'll you know, you'll get friggin' you'll be on Sarah Palin's crosshair in her list. She'll fly up to your house in a helicopter and fucking shoot you with a high-powered rifle. You know, I, I'm in favor of the deal. 
I have to actually tip my hat to President Obama and Joe Biden and the administration and everything. John Kerry, too. I mean, say what you will about all these guys and, and other ta- other avenues of their foreign policy, but the fact that we even got all these actors to the table to negotiate this thing, you want you want to freaking play ball with the Ayatollahs? Those fucking guys. Yeah, we're gonna send Ted Cruz over there to do that, or uh... yeah, they're gonna laugh at him. They're gonna be like, "Who's this boob?" You know, <laughs> or the lady they just let out. What was her name? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Kim, Kim Davis. They're gonna send Kim Davis. Fucking over. send Kim Davis. <laughs> I think we should send Kim Davis over there. Let's send her to negotiate it. You know, and talk about it. Yeah, and, and Trump's it, against it too because he says it was a bad negotiation. But yeah, I, I don't well, know how would you know how would the Donald negotiate it and handle it man you can't just go in there and fire everybody and you know yeah. say this is what the deal will be here are my balls on the table you ayatollah know? you're disgusting john Kerry has a lot of experience and he was chairman of the senate foreign relations committee you know u.s senator he's been around man he's pl- been playing the game for decades so he was a good guy to send there and, and quite honestly any of these other republican clowns who think that they could have gotten something better or just put more sanctions on the on Iran. It, uh, just I don't well, think well, it would yeah. What's the alternative to well, not talk, not having a dialogue? Right, and that's what this piece says: the Iran deal and the case for realism. So we got to be real about this. The administration's core challenge to its critics is what is the alternative, and that's not a rhetorical question. And the counts at the moment suggest Obama will win by getting at least enough votes to sustain a veto, which he has. He got his 41 senators. Right, so he got it passed. He got veto veto proof. Oh, okay, veto proof. So they can't. They can't, uh, you know, they can't kill it. And um, basically this article by E.J. Dion says, uh, there are many, I among them, who see Obama primarily as a foreign policy realist, especially after our adventures in Iraq. Realism looks a whole lot better now than it once did. I say this as someone who still thinks that the U.S. needs to stand up for democratic values and human rights but also sees military overreach as a grave danger to our interests and long-term strength. I can get behind that. Yeah. How is that sustainable? How is getting another another military occupation or a war or, or something, a military action, sustainable? Right. And, and Dion goes to argue that the principal defense of Obama's stewardship rests on the idea that despite some miscues, his realism about what military, military power can and can't achieve has recalibrated America's approach, moving in the right direction. So, I, you know... Enough is enough. Let's let's figure something out here. Look, they're not going to be able to cook up some nuclear program and be bomb ready in twenty four days. No, and that's that's the period that uh, of time. That's as long as they can go without having inspectors come in and check their nuclear program. How are they going to be able to and get then, that? Yeah, in in the thick of all this, no one ever friggin' everyone's carry, everyone's going on and on about Netanyahu and Israel and oh we're going to offend Israel and they hate the deal and they feel threatened. Dude, they have fucking nukes. No one, no one's calling them out, dude. They have, they've had nukes for years. The, Iran will not be able to mess with Israel. No, there's, that's just the, that's the fact on the ground right there. Absolutely man. not. You know, and Saudi Arabia too, a great military strength over there. They're not going to let anything happen. They're not going to let Iran no. get out of control. Okay, Th- no. that's their part of the world. Right. All right. Not that we're not all connected and we're, it's not a global thing. But you think, you know, Israel, Saudi Arabia, um, you know, Egypt. Jordan, do you think they're going to let something like that, like Iran, actually do that? No, absolutely not. And what, what is what is he? Okay, so they even get the bomb. What happens? They're going to actually use it. They're going to they're going to launch a strike against friggin' Israel. What would happen, dude? They'd be obliterated. They'd be obliterated. Well, it was friggin'. I, I believe in the the um the theory of mutually assured destruction. 
So I think I think the deal is a good starting point, and we can always improve upon it. But to hear all these Republican primary candidates saying, I'm going to get in there and repeal it. Okay, well, what are you going to do? What's going to be better? You're going to keep sanctioning them? You're going to piss off? Dude, most people, the people of Iran who are younger millennials, they're pro-West, you know? Yeah, they want they want media. They want iPods. They want to be able to watch Orange is the New Black. Absolutely. You know, they don't want fucking nukes going off and religious no. rule. And and all, and all those old crusty Ayatollah freaking hardliners are all going to die, thankfully. And other people will be running Iran. It's going to take a while, but they'll, they'll progress. Yeah. They'll it, progress. These things don't happen overnight. And you got to... No one has a crystal ball, but I think they're trying to have the foresight to be able to think, hey, you know, down the road, this, this you know... Leadership's going to change. There's yeah. going to be different people in there. Right. It'll be more progressive, and uh, maybe that's wishful thinking, but it's certainly better than committing more boots to the ground and dropping more bombs. Yeah, somewhere. I, don't, I don't want any soldiers so, in there. That would be that would be a fucking any deal nightmare. is better than no deal. Exactly. And that's so. this is being rational. That's not left or right or yeah. liberal or Republican throw, throw out, or yeah, you know right. Throw all that fucking all those labels out the window. Yeah. Talk about the fact that you're dealing with human beings. They want something. You know, yeah. we want something. And, uh, you know, I mean, look what we've done with Cuba. I mean, that's uh, symbolic in a lot of ways, but it's still, I think, a step in the right direction. Does La Harvey like the deal, Mike? <laughs> you could probably, you give a shit, right, Aaron? Yeah, it's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> that's good stuff. So you guys, anyone who's listening knows that we are very much into the Kennedy assassination and following oh, any, really? any kind of updates on the case. Uh, I, you know, it's not really a closed case. I mean, the files that still have yet to come out that have been promised by 2017, which we'll continue to look at. But another really cool thing that's going on um, by this filmmaker and uh, this guy who's been in TV, reality TV, and entertainment business for a long time. His name is Bill Garnett, and um, he's putting together this uh, documentary called The Parkland Doctors. And this is a really cool project. Um, So basically, you know, he posits the question, what happened in trauma room one, which is where JFK was taken just after he was shot. Um, so Garnett, the Los Angeles-based producer of The Parkland Doctors, a forthcoming documentary about the seven doctors who tried to save President Kennedy's life, has been a, a student of the JFK case for a long time. He was an undergraduate at the University of Miami, and he wrote his thesis on the events of November the 22nd, 1963. So he's made documentaries for ABC Sports, Um, He produced 18 episodes of Battle of the Network Stars. He syndicated a string of Olympic documentaries, The Road to Los Angeles, The Road to Calgary. Um, And he's made concert films for everyone from Julio Iglesias to Cool and the Gang. So he's got a pretty interesting resume. And uh, he kind of circled back to the Kennedy thing and started talking to one of the doctors, uh, Dr. Klein. And he listened to Dr. Klein talk about his story and mentioned that he kept a lot of this to himself. Um, He found a subject that he had to put on film. You know, what happened in the 22 minutes when seven doctors thrown together by tragedy and happenstance tried to save the life of the President of the United States? And the angle for this film, because there's obviously been a lot of documentaries and a lot of information, you know, The Men Who Who Killed Kennedy, the movie JFK, all kinds of stuff. Um... This was a central moment in the JFK story, and yet it has received curiously cursory treatment in the vast literature of the assassination. The 2013 motion picture Parkland, which we saw, 
Uh, Paul, oh, Zach Efron. Paul Giamatti. Was, yeah. was Zach? Yeah, he played, he played Zapruder. Yeah, he did a great job playing Zapruder. So let's be honest, that movie was a puff piece. Yeah, it was a That movie watch. was bogus. It was a Warren Commission-backed yeah. puff piece. It was a slick Hollywood feature with some A-list talent uh, that didn't even attempt to depict the medical realities of Kennedy's wounds. Um, in the early 1990s, another doctor who was present, Charles Crenshaw, wrote a book called Trauma Room One, but that was only the account of one man. So Dr. Klein, the first doctor that Garnett got together with, brought together the seven doctors who were the closest to President Kennedy in the last moments of his life. Three were medical students at the time. One was a first-year resident, another was a fifth-year resident, and one was a surgeon and professor at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School. And the last was the chief of medicine at Parkland Hospital. So this is some serious guys. Right. These are these are no dummies. Yeah. yeah. This, this isn't this was an amateur hour at Parkland. No, no, no. So one of them, Dr. Robert McClellan, who we've heard of and seen interviews from, has previously spoken about his experience on camera, but the others haven't. So that's something that, that's really interesting about this. And it goes on to say that it would be hard to find more qualified witnesses. All seven men went on to distinguish careers in medicine. One of them, Dr. Donald Selden, the chief of medicine at Parkland, holds the William Buchanan Chair in Internal Medicine at the University of Texas System. Under Dr. Selden's direction, Utah Southwestern Medical School has produced 11 Nobel laureates in medicine. Dr. Eugene Braunwald, the faculty dean at Harvard Medical School, has said that Dr. Selden is one of the most impactful figures in the history of modern medicine. Hmm. So anyone who attempts to impugn Dr. Selden's credibility... On the JFK story, will only expose his or her own prejudices. So this is this is really interesting stuff because there's a lot of areas to debate within the JFK assassination. But when when you look at you know physical evidence and medical evidence, I mean it's pretty hard to to debunk that. So he got these guy all these doctors together as a group and they started to talk about what happened that day, uh, comparing memories and feelings and their reluctance to even talk about this for 50 years. Wow, these guys could all be in their 70s and 80s. Oh yeah, they're, they're up there. They're I mean, they're going to be—they're not going to be around. I think much one of them there. actually just passed away recently, so it's great that they could get um, some audio. Uh, the first 50 minutes of the film is the seven doctors just sitting down talking about it, and the last 34 minutes is them discussing the autopsy photographs, the findings of the Warren Commission, and the House Select Committee on Assassinations, and all the discrepancies between them. Spoiler alert, according to Bill Garnett, they all thought the wound in the neck was an entry wound. They all saw the hole in the back of the head, and the doctors are debunking the autopsy done in Bethesda. So this is, uh, this is going to be quite a, quite a documentary, and we're hope, they're hoping to have it out by the end of the year. And uh, the Parkland Doctors. So you can check this out for the next couple weeks via the crowdfunding site Indiegogo.com. So anyone interested, I'd strongly encourage to go over there and check it out. Oh, so that'll be fascinating to hear that's, what these guys say. I mean, no bullshit either. I mean, you know, what agenda do these guys have? They're at the end of their lives. They had their careers. You know, it's obvious that uh, the powers that be didn't come. Maybe they threatened them early on. That's probably what happened. But, um, you know, what have they got to lose now? Just come yeah. clean with it, man. Kennedy got ambushed. He was obviously the, the throat wound was obviously a point of entry. Yeah, at least you know? one shooter from the front. Of I mean, course, no, it was. Yeah, he friggin'. There's a lot it. of fishy stuff. With, with, fishy stuff with the um, X-rays that are in the archives that don't yeah. jive with what the doctors saw at Parkland. Right, and these guys got friggin'. And let, let's be honest here, man. They they, they weren't trying to. He was dead. DOA, baby. 
That, yeah. That headshot, well, man. D- DOA. Yeah. They'll talk more about that. I mean, obviously, we're Did not, he actually have a pulse? We're not, uh, we're can, not doctors can, or medical professionals. Did they get into that in the documentary? He had a pulse I, at Parkland? I think so. I think they talk Dude, about... that'd be a good band name, Pulse at Parkland. They t- <laughs> I think they talk about something like that. So uh, that'll be interesting. We'll, we'll look out for that. So we're, we're excited to see that and uh, hope that it does well. Excellent. And, uh, you know, connecting to more uh, misdeeds and cover-ups and fabrications and lies and distortions of reality by the CIA. Zero Dark Thirty. Yeah, when did that come out? 11? <sighs> 12? Zero Dark Thirty. Tw- yeah, like 20... Uh, maybe 13. What's your beef with Zero Dark Thirty? Well, beef and just more news coming out, man. Uh, Vice, Aaron. <laughs> We're all big Vice fans, Aaron. Um, they, they friggin' shoot out Freedom of Information Act's like it's their job. Well, actually, yeah, it is their job. Yeah, they poop them out. Yeah, they 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 friggin' they have more freedom of information. Dude, they're for you a machine. They're like they're like Jeff Lynn is to suing up and coming musicians. Oh well, yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna say they're like, I don't know, something stupid. Um, so dear, basically, the bottom line is here that the CIA was involved in directing and guiding and influencing the creation. Did you see Zero Dark Thirty? I didn't. No. Yeah, it's it's uh, Catherine Bigelow who did the Hurt Locker, and uh, in Point Break. Oh, did she do Point yeah. Break? Where this... did she go wrong? She got into masturbating the war. Yeah, I know, you know? I know. Hideous. Point Break was so good. What's your remaking? Which is gonna suck. Point but Break anyways. was art, dude. Yeah. And producer Mark Bull, B O A L. Uh, producer Mark Bull had dinner with CIA director Leon Panetta after the Bin Laden raid. And had a relationship with him, had a relationship with other people in the agency, met with some of the SEALs who were involved in the raid or whatever happened there, whatever that fucking thing was. Which we talked about with uh, Russ Baker with last Russ week. Baker, yeah. yeah. Which was a great episode. Great interview. And I, I guess basically to cut through the bullshit here is, here we have a huge Hollywood production with a huge budget, with established directors, established producers, in collusion in collaboration with the CIA at the highest levels to put out a slickly produced Hollywood um, CIA-manipulated fucking basic... Uh, propaganda. propaganda like trying for the will sell job. Right, about what happened with the Bin Laden raid and what that was all about. So who knows what, what really and happened. Really kind of glamorizing torture in a lot of ways. Yeah, they had the redhead there with the, the aviators and all... Jessica Chastain. Yeah, Chastain. She played the torture queen, right? Yeah. Uh, Which was modeled after Alfreda Bukowski. Alfreda Bukowski. Yeah. And uh, basically, also, um, this, this uh, Vice piece, which I recommend you all check out, you know, just type in Vice um, Zero Dark Thirty will come up. It's all over the news. Well, not all the news, but, you know. The you non- can find it. Yeah, the non-New World Order controlled news. And um, there was a... Um, <laughs> Mark Bull got invited to the Osama Bin Laden Awards Ceremony. <laughs> At Langley. What? There's 1,300 people outside of headquarters at Langley under a tent that Panetta spoke at. And it was like basically a, um, you know, slap on the back orgy. Hey, we got Bin Laden. We want terror. And the SEALs were there. You know, everyone from the intelligence community, special forces. McRaven was there from JSOC. And um, so you have this Hollywood big shot producer there hanging out with all them. And Panetta's speech was uh, designated classified and not for foreign um, people to hear, people from other countries. That was like the level of classification. Really? And they had a Hollywood guy there. So they had him there. And they also, the article talks about how Bigelow and Bull would take um, CIA officers who were either involved 
um, at the CTC, the Counterterrorism Center at Langley, or involved in the operation, out to dinner to these, like, have these lavish meals at hotels, you know, $1,000 dinners with booze, you know, liquor them up, get them, get them going to get, get information out of them. So, I mean, Zero Dark Thirty, man, it's just, just a We pilot. kind of already knew that. I know, but it's, it's, it's War on Terror porn. Freedom of Information Act, this actually got... Confirms it. Confirms it and got the documents out about it. Right. So I would look into that, people. I mean, and that makes you wonder how many how many other fucking movies, you know, just, just are sell jobs and, you know... Are, make you think are, are a certain to way. Put a narrative out and be propaganda and wrap their tentacles around your brain and make you think a nice thing about a nasty event and, 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 and have you think one way about it. And don't question it because you're you're crazy. You know, yeah. and so here you go. This shit happens, man. This is fucking real. They're gonna Not give it an Academy it Award, so don't don't fuck with it. No, you no, know, it's sanctioned. It's fucking officially sanctioned. Wow. So yeah, check that out. Zero Dark Thirty, the Osama bin Laden Award ceremony at Langley, and um, Mark Bull and Catherine Bigelow. Check check that out. Interesting stuff. So CGI generated performance of the year, Avatar, Osama bin Laden. Pretty much, you know. The right. only thing that was missing was the kidney dialysis machine. Yeah, exactly. That's the only give. The only giveaway. Oh yeah, for that. six foot four, friggin' uh, Arab, friggin' Saudi terrorist leader of Al Qaeda who had kidney problems, hooked up to dialysis. You know, they didn't have any of that there in the raid, Mike. Yeah, I wonder about that. There was no, there was no mention of a dialysis. I don't know if we asked Russ Baker. Maybe Cy Hirsch has some information about that. We talked about yeah. his article a couple months ago. But yeah. So next week we have the CNN GOP debate on Wednesday, September the sixteenth. This is the follow-up to the earth-shattering shattering Fox News debate that Trump dominated. Only Rosiodano. 24 million people tuned in to see me. And let's be honest, they're looking at me. They were. And Trump actually penned a letter to CNN. Did What was that all about? Yeah, the letter was basically saying that your profits, your advertising profits due to the exposure of my campaign and the interests are going to go up 400%. 4,000%. Oh, was it 4,000? I believe it was 4,000. So Trump is calling out uh, CNN and all the advertisers to take all their earnings from the next debate next week and give it to veteran groups. And he'll match it, right? Match it or he'll give too. I mean, I built the Vietnam Memorial in New York. I did that. Yeah. I was basically I felt I was basically in the military. I felt like I was in the military because of my teachers. Yeah. Before I went to Wharton. Yeah. Before uh, Fordham. Yeah. His parents sent him to some kind of military like prep academy. school, military academy school because he was there was some mis He was braggadocious. There was misbehavior. Say, Mike, not to be braggadocious. I'm not trying to be braggadocious, but I am worth many billions. <sighs> So that'll be, I mean, that's going to be fun. We're I gonna, like that. He called him out, you know. He, he, uh, he's shining a light on how much fucking money the media makes on this whole process. Yeah. And which, he's got, which I really like. He's got a lot of the other billionaires like Sheldon Adelson and the Koch brothers oh, just like holding their cards close to the chest, not giving anyone uh, too much yet. And, uh, you know, one billionaire steps into the race, sucks all the oxygen out of the room. All the other ones are like, oh my God, who am I going to put out on the street and put high heels on? Like, who am I going to fucking pimp this time? And it's great. He's I fucked like with it. the whole system oh, by doing fantastic. what he's done. And him and Carson together in Iowa, what are they at? 60 points almost? Oh, that was South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina? Yeah, it had a combined total of like 60%. Yeah. Two when you combine the two. I think at this next debate, you're really going to see Bush trying to attack Trump. <sighs> try and do something because he's just... Yeah, he's, he's in like third or fourth strong. place. Just flogging behind the yeah. Donald. Like, we, we got you figured out, buddy. Get yeah. back it and go back to Florida. Nobody wants another Bush. You know, go but go back to Mexico, Jeb. With your how Mexican did he do? Wife. How did he do on Colbert? Did you watch the Colbert? Oh, I didn't thing? get to see it. Wasn't he his first guest? 
Yeah, he was like the first uh, I think major it was Clooney, and then okay, yeah, uh, first major. You know, it was Clooney, safe. So. It was pretty George Clooney. That guy fucking sucks. What? I'm George go Clooney. Throw it out right now. He's mm, great. Me. Mm, I'm brooding. I got eyebrows. Mm, I never got married, but one girl made me honest. Mm, finally, mm. fuck you. Buddy. You didn't you like suck. Gravity. You suck. Or what about Ocean's Twelve? The best part of Gravity was when fucking Clooney floated off into oh, space, <laughs> and you knew that he died a fucking horrible, <laughs> oxygenless death. You know that was the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> and then of course Sandra Bullock and her underoos. That wasn't bad. Tight body of hers, a tight cougar body. The movie's totally believable too. I oh, mean, incredibly, yeah, yeah, it's totally. Like, oh, it was up there with Zero Dark Thirty, Zero Gravity Thirty. Yeah. You like Clooney though, Aaron? I like him whenever he works with the Coen Brothers. They always get good shit out of him. Oh, brother, where art thou? That uh, burn oh, after I'll, reading. I'll give you old brother, um, where art thou. It's good. All the movies he does with them are fucking great. I'm just tired of looking at the guy. You know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. Just better at Mickey Rourke's far superior actor, better yeah. body. That's work. how I feel about Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, that's fair. He knows. He knows that Eric and I have a have an affinity for Arnold. <laughs> we'll never be able to shake. But I'm not Zion an innocent crowd. I watched uh, um, Twins the other night. Oh, God. you know what? I've never actually seen that. <laughs> In my brother's movie, there's a sequel well, coming out, Triplets, with then Eddie you Murphy. You haven't lived, my friend. <laughs> How about Junior? Would they give birth to the baby? The first guy oh, who yeah. makes the baby, the Austrian baby. So I thought that was like the <laughs> same the movie. I know. I thought it, that was it, the same movie. It basically I was like, is. I was because I was waiting. I was like, so when does Arnold get pregnant? When in does this he movie? give birth to Danny DeVito? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what does the guy my do? Brothers. What, what do we do? What does the band do? What? Gives birth to the baby, say it, man. Uh, it's the baby. It's the Austrian baby. This man gives birth to the first baby. Oh, God. But uh, the Republican debate, you're going to see you're going to see all eyes on Trump again and Carson. Yeah. And maybe Fiorina is going to come in. Yep. Cause she, uh, she's the, uh, she was in the happy hour debate the last time. And she I guess she was the only one who had a pulse in that thing. Yeah. That was, it's Jim Gilmore was in that. Like, how fucking morbid is that? <laughs> Yeah, Santorum. <laughs> Maybe Huckabee will get a spike from this Kim Davis thing. Maybe ah, he'll come in. Jesus Christ. You know? I hope Lindsey Graham does better. I mean, he's kind of... Did we talk about how we met him? Yeah, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah we've, we've talked about Lindsey Graham. Oh, who did we meet over the weekend at Kimball's in Jaffrey, New Hampshire? <sighs> Scott Walker. Yeah, Governor Walker. I mean, talk about a guy who's just gone two and three different positions on something just to try and catch up with the Donald. Yeah, he like pulled into Kimball's, Oswald, and his Harley... With like 50 other people riding Harleys. Oh, you just met him by chance? No, we knew he was going to be oh, there. It was oh, a scheduled okay. stop, but he oh, was doing say. a Harley tour over uh, every did he get a, Did he get an ice cream? He, he did. Chocolate jib googie dough. Yeah. Which is one of my faves, so props to that. But, man, imagine like riding after that googie dough like an hour in and you got mad diarrhea. <laughs> you're just going to mud, so you just pull over and get the full New Hampshire experience and just mud on some tree. You know? <laughs> Yeah, Scott Walker. He's what is he in, like, another eighth, fucking politician? Place, you know? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I fought the unions. The uh. best, guys, you got to go on Google Image right now and look up. This was in 2012 after the Sikh Temple shooting in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. Governor Walker spoke at a tribute memorial service type event and wore the garb. Yeah, he, he had did. the head thing on, and, and it's just... It's one of the most... We should put a picture up on One of on the most the, psychedelic things I've ever seen. Seriously, so cool. Yeah, like, Governor Walker. He, he showed leadership, though, Mike, through that. He did show leadership, and he was the only governor in American history to survive a recall. I think. I might be wrong about that, but you, you guys can double-check that, but... Uh, so yeah, we met him briefly. We did it. We uh, filmed a little spoof with him, which you can see on our Jackman Radio Facebook page, where I was said, "Hey, this is Mikey from the local union. We're going to endorse the governor today." Yeah. I did like a mass accent and pretended right. to be a union guy. He laughed. He got a kick he out of it. He knew what it was, Mike. Well, you know, basically, we all knew what it was. Walker's known as a union buster. 
you know, they surrounded the governor's mansion and tried to shut the, the place down because he was against the unions. Right. And that's kind of bargaining. One, one of the things that he's predicated his whole campaign on is how he fought the unions, you know. Yeah. Which really, at the end of the day, is just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but yeah, we saw him and uh, we missed Rubio. He was in Keene yesterday. Um, but yeah, Rubio, he's like a Cabbage Patch yeah, Kid. Yeah, what did David say? He's oh, here. Rubio, he's cute. He looks like a little Cabbage Patch Kid. Yeah. So uh, hopefully we'll be able to meet him. Uh, he, he seems to be pretty I mean, likable. he's really Rubio, uh, Pataki. Uh, they're like the last two I haven't met. Yeah, we've met most of them. Yeah, we still got to meet Bernie Sanders. We haven't met Bernie, yeah. Yeah, we haven't met Bernie. I haven't met Ben Carson yet. We will. We'll meet Carson. We're working on actually interviewing Carson, two folks, by the way. Yeah, well, hopefully we'll have that lined up shortly. I am the only one. I am the only one, and the Obi-Wan. Yeah, Carson, He's uh, that's going to be fun. Yeah. And another thing Eric's been working on, uh, you know, is our 10-year high school reunion. What, what's yeah. going on with that? Uh, my friend Megan... Who's in my class, Conant, 2005, uh, decided that leadership needed to be provided for the 10-year reunion, Aaron, and we took the reins. And oh, th- really? We threw down cash. Oh, oh Jesus, really they sucked you back in. Well, no one sucked us in. We did it on our own, uh, kind of our own fruition. And, and, and volition. We both, what? V- own volition? Yeah, we own, We both wanted to have something nice for our 10-year reunion because we, we really enjoyed high school. I had a great time. Um, get no one, one of those chocolate f- fountains. Fondue. Oh, yeah. Maybe Fondue. operated by a Mexican. <laughs> Ice sculptures, perhaps. Photo booth. And, uh, Photo booth, yeah. yeah. How much of those? Yeah, yeah, we don't have that. And we're throwing down our own money. We threw down the money to get the room. It's going to be at Hidden Hills and Ringe. It's going to oh, be no wonder November. we don't have money to buy good beer. And, um, you know, it's going to be fun. We'll have music. We'll have dancing. Uh, cash bar. So... It'll be nice. It'll be Give good. a date. It'll be good to see everyone. No, what are you doing that night? You got any plans? <laughs> or do you mean what day we have? Yeah, enough? what day? Oh, yeah. <laughs> are you being Oswald? You're like, hi, this is Aaron. Yeah. Well, He's pre-op. He's my partner. Yeah, this is pre-op Harvey. Surprise! Surprise! Um, the last Saturday in November. Is that the 28th? Okay. So the, the after, after Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yeah, we figured I should that. just go and try to fucking lay train on some broad. <laughs> like, yeah, hey, he, this is Aaron. Yeah, he was in our class. Yeah. You know, remember that? Yeah, yeah. He got in that really bad accident and had total reconstruction surgery. Uh, that'd be funny. But no, I'm looking forward to it. To any of my classmates who listen, uh, I can't wait to see you. Formal invites are coming from Megan and I very soon. So we hope you be there. And we'll have a dollar figure uh, to recover costs, to recoup. Probably $20, $30, $40. It's not going to be that much. It'll be nice. It'll be great. We'll make America great again. Open bar, people. Cash bar, Aaron. <laughs> Maybe open bar at the after party. Uh, yeah. If there's some kind of after party. There's a two-party system. The party, then the after party. Exactly. Oh, good yeah. stuff. Well, that is going to wrap up another episode. Episode 21. Great time. Lots of good stuff. Uh, this PBR has settled very nicely. We're working on more interviews and guests. And yep, we've got all kinds fun of fun things, things lined up. I have a, another big announcement forthcoming that we, we can't do tonight, but we will announce it soon. Okay. And, uh, How you doing, baby? Do, uh, do Caitlyn Jenner, Mike. Hey, baby girl. Uh, no wonder these girls have to wear sports bras. Bruce was good at tennis. Caitlin, not so much. Bruce, definitely a better driver than Caitlin, too. Ah, you got the woman slaughter charges pending. And with that, we bid you adieu. Good night. Waiting by the mailbox, by the train. Passing by the hills till I hear the name. Looking for a sort of
so much these days I have to tell you that I love you so much these days